Hello and welcome to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Usually it's Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. Dyson's not here this week. Delighted that on the show this weekend and doing a few of the shows over August is the amazing Kerry Godleyman. Kerry, um, firstly, welcome Hello. to the podcast. Oh, thank Hello. you. Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure doing the show with you today. Um, a lot of... I mean, in terms of messages from the public... This was unprecedented for me in terms of the the range of different stories we had. I know. It made me feel like my life was all right, actually. I was sort of keeping it together, <laughs> hearing about sort of flamed, flaming trampolines and sort of flying porn flying around the streets of Nottingham in the 80s. I felt, I thought, oh, I'm not doing too badly. And Nazi memorabilia. And Nazi memorabilia, yeah. The Some problem is the stories. moment you mention Nazi memorabilia, it, it does sort of ruin the mood a bit. Yeah, it's a bit of a downer, especially after you just played Radiohead. It all feels like, oh, give us the pick-me-up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're about to listen to the pick-me-up at the podcast of this week's show. Enjoy. Brace yourselves. It's time for the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. It's sort of rock and roll football with Matt Ford and Kerry Godleyman on a Saturday afternoon on Absolute Radio. Your barbecue soundtrack coming up. We should let you know that in Scotland, Rangers are winning 1-0 with about 10 minutes to go away at Aberdeen. Ryan Kent scoring in the second minute. But today it's barbecue weather. It was a heat wave yesterday. I'm joined by Kerry Godleyman, star of Afterlife, Live at the Apollo and many other huge TV shows. Kerry, how did you deal with the heat yesterday? Oh, it was so hot. It was ridiculous. We were in a traffic jam for some of it, so that was oh. great. Uh, and then we went river swimming. We went for a little bit of wild swimming. Oh, wow. Which was really lovely. Really Where nice. was that? Yeah. I can't tell you because it's a secret. I don't want anyone else to know about it. What? It's a special but is it legal? secret place. Yeah, yeah. Totally oh, legal. Right, okay. Yeah. There's lots of people there on such a hot day. But just a delight. Not as crowded as the beach. Just a lovely little spot to have a dip. Probably full of um, pollution and all kinds of toxins. Where was it? London somewhere? It was somewhere on the Thames. You're so cagey about it. <laughs> I know, because you, when you're a wild swimmer, you have to keep the secrets. Otherwise, it'll end up looking like Bournemouth Beach in the middle of lockdown. That was like, where's Wally? No one wants that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed I mean, being in a traffic jam during a heat wave. Did you have air conditioning? Uh, no, because our, our car's not working very well. Oh, so what? no, we just had a lot of tension and rage. But we didn't. Um, we weren't in it for too long. But I bet some places the traffic was dreadful. I mean, everyone I mean, trying to just... get to the sea and. Well, it makes it sorts. sound like you're having a breakdown. Like you're in a clapped out car. The air conditioning doesn't oh, work. Oh, do you want to hear the worst like, it? You're into washing ponds. It wasn't a pond. See, this is what you get when you confess to wild swimming. Is people <laughs> don't take long to start. Was the word uh, wild? You mean. I know. How how wild, wild does it get? <laughs> so what else I happened? Mean, it doesn't get that wild watching people drink. Well, I was supposed to have my first gig back last night. And when uh, we walked back to our car to head home for me to set off to work, um, our windscreen had been smashed. What? So maybe it was all a bit wild. Yeah. It was That's really wild. I got back to the car and it was... I know, it felt, it felt like the Wild West. I was like, oh, you take your chances out here. Um, yeah, so I had, to, I had to pull my gig. I wasn't able to go. And I was really looking forward to having a real gig and not a Zoom gig. And can you tell us where the gig was or is that a top secret? Yeah, I can well? tell you that. No, no, no. That's, I'm not for, always full of secrets, just Wild Swim <laughs> secrets. Um, it was in Tunbridge Wells. It was at an art centre in Tunbridge Wells and I just wouldn't have made it back in time to get 
to get to the gig on time. So why did someone smash your window? Why, Matt? Why? But was there any? I don't there wasn't know. like a note saying learn to park or something like that on the window. No, that's what I wondered. And, no, and I thought, oh, if it was someone being sort of a bit pranky and doing other ones, because the bloke who fixed it says, oh, sometimes people just for a laugh smash a few, you know. But it was just us, just us. Maybe they didn't like our car. It is a bit of a banger. Well, I mean, if 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 anyone has any information that may help, do text us on eight twelve fifteen. Did I'd you have to see? Then I'd have to reveal where the car was, and I'm not prepared to do that. Yeah, but people so... know you are. They might have seen something. They might have seen Kerry Godleyman on the way to, you know, a, 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 a an expanse of water that cannot be named. <laughs> and thought, I saw a guy walking in the same direction with a claw hammer. If you I'd know... like to think it was an accident, like a bit of scaffolding pole or something, and they were like, oh, yeah. never mind. Happens all the time, doesn't it? I think raining scaffolds in in some I do think someone did it for a prank or a laugh. If you know who broke Kerry Godleyman's car window, causing me to pull my first gig, (laughs) literally choking up. (coughs) Text us now on eight twelve fifteen. Matt, Matt, and you, rock and roll football. I was joking when I said to text 81215 if you have information, but incredibly, Kerry, we've had two messages from people. Oh. Um, Big G, who uh, already sounds guilty, says, that's the locals' way of saying, don't come back here swimming. We used to get it in surf- certain surfing beaches. Really? So it's a there thing. But why it's just a bit my of a thing. car? Why just well, my car? Maybe... All the other cars were left alone. Well, we've got more information from Steve, who's painting in Sunning Hill. He says, sometimes the extreme heat can make the window pop. It may have been that unless she had other debris other than the glass inside afterwards. Um, No. But we know your air conditioning was broken, so maybe the heat is just... Was there a clear impact? Yeah, it looked like a clear impact. It looked like someone had walloped it with the corner of a brick. That was the sort of Ah, look. Yes. See, I'd like to The brick lodged in the windscreen was a giveaway. (laughs) <laughs> I, I like to think it was an accident, a heat pop. I like that, Steve. Thank you. That's, I don't want that to gives us that more faith in it. humanity. Yeah, exactly. Uh, today, obviously, a lot of people are going to be having barbecues. So we, we, we're your playlist for this afternoon for, for the next three hours, barbecue music. I, I mean, a lot of people have nightmares with barbecues. They can't get it lit. They set themselves on fire. Some people even try to do it <laughs> indoors, which is incredible. Kerry, have you ever, ever had a nightmare with a barbecue? Uh, many years ago, we were on holiday, me and my husband and kids. Uh, we were at a campsite and my husband said, I'm going to go back to the tent now and get the barbecue going. And I said, all right, I'll just stay by the pool for a bit and hang out with the kids and then we'll come in about an hour. And I sort of expected dinner to be almost on the table, really, giving him a full yeah. hour. But when I went back, I just found a broken man and no barbecue. <laughs> and... <laughs> and we had a real marriage rattler that day. I was like, but. I mean, there's something very primal about it. It's like, you make fire and I bring the children back to eat. And what's gone wrong here? And what had gone wrong? I don't know. He just couldn't couldn't get it going. I mean, actually, (laughs) ever since then, he's never risked not getting a barbecue going again. Like, we've never had such a tense moment. In a marriage, you know what? Ever. I'm, I'm not, I'm on your side in that, by the way, because Thanks, food mate. matters, and he had responsibility, yeah, and he failed. That's but what I mean. He what... went off like a caveman, like I will build barbecue, and it just and achieved nothing <laughs> in over an hour. Didn't it's, even call um... me and go, can you come and help? But just spiralled. 
See, but I'm more like him in that I never, you know, there's a the cliche of blokes is that they like to be the ones doing the barbecue and they've got all their different tongs and the and the exactly. the, the cape, not the cape. What's the cape, cape you wear on your front? Your bib, your pin, apron. That's apron. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt. <laughs> well, I don't have one, do I? This is the point I'm making. <laughs> I, I never feel a bib. I never feel that I need to be the person doing it. I'm like, I don't. I would rather just stand over the by the fridge because that's where the yeah. beer's going to be, and let some other guy show off cooking because it's yeah. a nightmare. And no yeah, one exactly. ever does that when it's indoors. Cooking is what a chore unless it's outdoors, and then all of a sudden, everyone wants to do it. A lot of the time I have thought, why don't we all just stay in the garden? I'll nip in and put this on the grill and then we'll just still eat it and it'll be nice. Why does it need to be cooked outside? I'm not because like that bothered a thick about layer barbecues. of charcoal for some reason improves the flavour. Yeah, it's, a, it's an odd tradition, I think. I don't know. I'm not a big, a massive fan. Plus, how can you get it wrong now with those little bags? You get a little bag and you just light it and that's it. You don't have to build Oh, the yes, fire. the disposable ones, of course, yeah. Yeah. The ones that are okay. all over parks in this country. Don't get me started There's on no that. excuses well, to not be able to ignite a barbecue, I think. Yeah, setting fire no stuff excuses. is quite easy. In fact, it's so easy, it causes <laughs> exactly. a lot of problems around the rest of the year. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. Rangers have won 1-0 away at Aberdeen on the opening day of the Scottish football season. Celtic play tomorrow and at three o'clock a few more games kick off. We'll keep you updated on those. It's Matt Ford and Kerry Godleyman with your barbecue special this Saturday. Do text us on 8 12 15 your barbecue nightmares. Gareth has been in touch. He says beef ribs hanging in a pit barrel smoker along with sweet potato chips, tripled fries and a deep fat cooker alone with coleslaw. Kerry, I don't know about you, if... I told my granddad, if he was still alive, that's what I was having in a barbecue. I don't think he'd understand yeah. a single word of that. No. I don't need, What is a pit barrel smoker? I've got no idea. Is I mean, it, he I said mean, it like... It sounds like a it's person. Just a normal, yeah, it's just a normal set of words. You're like, but what do they mean, Gareth? Yeah, a pit barrel it's smoker bizarre. sounds like a coal miner who likes a fag. <laughs> We've got another message. I don't know who it's from. They didn't leave their name, but they said they barbecue in a wheelbarrow. They don't know what all the fuss is about. Like the coals. Wait till they go white, spread them around, cook your food. Simple. I do like his approach. That has got a real Bosch sort of vibe to it, which I do salute. But he's making it sound overly simple. I mean, but I suppose the beauty of that is once you've got it going in the wheelbarrow, you can then just wheel it around the garden like a drinks <laughs> trolley. In... Yeah. But it's then mobile barbecue. Yeah, that is pretty clever. But you need a big grill to lay over the top of a wheelbarrow. So you're proper right? London. So do you mean face or an actual grill? <laughs> you just got an apron and a bib. <laughs> <laughs> so you're struggling to find the meaning of words. Oh, fair enough, yeah. But if he's, if he's then pushing the wheelbarrow around, the smoke's going to go in his grill. Because that's one of the worst uh... things about the barbecue is avoiding the smoke. Yeah. It's the most unpredictable thing. It doesn't even go with the wind sometimes. It, it leads to so much heartache. I don't know why people bother with it. Yeah, you're There's better so off so much just... disappointment. What, but I, yes, I mean, I do, what I do miss is old-fashioned barbecues. Like when I used to go to my granddad's house for one, the amount of charcoal on those sausages, was, it was yeah. jet black thick. It's like he'd come out of a coal mine and just wiped it on the walls all the way out. <laughs> but that was part of the that was part of the taste. That was part of the joy. Well, I can't say I was ever a big fan, especially when they're raw on the inside. That's always 
Yeah. See what yeah. I mean? It's just uh, there's no positive memories. <laughs> I just when everyone says I'll come over for a barbecue, you're like, oh god. Really? It's gonna, yeah, there's going to be tears. There'll be tears. I don't eat meat anyway, so the, it's, all the appeal's gone for me because it's all about cooking meat, isn't it? I mean, there's no excitement mm. about grilling a pepper. No, but and halloumi's it, nice on the barbecue. Yeah, but halloumi's nice from the grill inside, isn't it? I mean, yes. we've got ovens. We've got ovens. <laughs> we've got houses with roofs. And if, can I just say, if you are listening to this and you're having a barbecue... Need, I don't know why I'm saying this, because I do... If you are listening to this having a barbecue... Do enjoy no yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> do enjoy yourself. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Text on 81215, your barbecue nightmares. I had... Um, I, I probably, I, I think it's probably the wildest barbecue that has ever taken place. Um, Go on. Was, when I was 16, I, it was on the last day of term after our GCSEs. So everyone was leaving. And yeah. you know, sometimes at school you hatch your plan and then it never happened. The, sco- the, the school, the secondary school I went to was on the banks of the River Trent. And there was yeah. just like a path that was there. And everyone said, on the last day of term, let's all bring in booze and Portable, there's disposable barbecues, loads of food, and we'll just have like a mass party outside school by the banks of the river. And it was one of those things you think, no one's going to do it. So everyone just brought a little bit. Everyone did it. And it was like mayhem outdoors. It was on, uh-huh. And it was a Catholic school. And it was, everyone like, had their ties around their head. Everyone had like daubed on their shirts. I don't know if you did it at your school. On the last day of term, oh. everyone writes on each other. So it all went uniform. a bit, Lord. Yeah, Lord of the Flies. It went Lord of the Flies, didn't it? Yeah, and then someone threw pineapple juice at the headmaster, and then everyone really oh was a moment God. where... It, and you can see how these riots start, because someone did it, and then everyone was like, what are they going to do? We've all left. And it was sort of oh something like, God. oh, your GCSE results, and it's like, you're not going to change our GCSE results, sir? And they couldn't get us back in. So they, they, half of us were drunk. We go back into school. It was like mayhem. <laughs> like this school had all of a sudden just... It was mad. But did any actual barbecuing go on? Because I can't of barbecuing. imagine sixteen. Really? To stop? Yeah, and go, hang on! Yeah. I'm just going to marinade my ribs while before I chuck pineapple juice at the head. Yeah, like, you've got to like, you've got to engage with barbecuing. But it was just a few sausages and burgers. It was more just to like. It was more for the smell, I guess. I'm not, I don't remember eating any of it. I just remember it sort of happening. And, then and you did it on a path. Into, yeah, we just did it on a pathway by the river. I mean, people getting kids getting drunk by the river, cooking meat. Everyone could have fallen in. They get us back in. By this point, discipline has gone. So people are just like drunk in. There's just like a, an extraordinary <laughs> assembly is called. We're all in there half cut. We've got drawings. Like People are on fire. There's like ties around heads. People then just start setting people the fire alarm off. People are on fire. Well, no, people have been near. I, I, I worded that very badly. But like it's, it, went, it went properly off so if anyone that has got sounds, a better barbecue that's story wild. than that that's proper that wild that's probably wild and it pineapple juice at the headmaster and he wore wow. he wore a lovely white calico suit as well i did feel quite bad for him you're listening to the rock and roll football podcast we have had some incredible stories coming in here about nightmares <laughs> at barbecues kerry leon c has sent you a message Yes, barbecue nightmare. Back in the 80s, my dad planned ahead for a barbecue and he soaked the charcoal overnight in lighting fluid. <laughs> and when he lit it the following day, there, uh, there was uh, a fireball and the barbecue literally burnt out <laughs> in under five minutes. All the food had to be cooked in the oven indoors. See, that was my 
Uh, and that was the first and last time he ever attempted a barbecue. That was from Lee in Leon C. Oh, I, I, you know what? You know what that reminds me of? You know when a council firework display goes wrong and all the fireworks go off at the same time? <laughs> and you just get that, like, fireball of poof. <laughs> Is that it? And it always goes viral. It's usually somewhere yeah. in America. I mean, that's basically a pared-down version. Yeah. I mean, but you'd be so gutted if you were waiting for the food. But fancy, I mean, that's marinating the wrong thing, isn't it? Basically marinating the charcoal <laughs> overnight with lighting fluid. What did he think was going to happen? I mean, I suppose that's in a crazy. way... It is mad. It is mad. Yeah. He might as well have come out with a flamethrower as well. Like, he, he's... Uh, oh, that's such a bad... Uh, I mean, for anyone listening who's having a barbecue today, just a little tip. Do not soak charcoal overnight <laughs> in lighter fluid. Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. Some of these stories, I mean, in a way I feel bad for laughing at them because they all involve fire and explosions, but <laughs> do keep them coming in. Text us on 8, 12, 15, your barbecue nightmares. Uh, Kerry, Bolly's been in touch. I know this one's incredible. Last summer they had a barbecue and it was close to the kids' trampoline and part of the trampoline uh, set on fire. Thank goodness oh no God. one was on the trampoline, but it gave me and my partner a bit of a scare. Would have I mean, changed that's... that John Lewis advert. <laughs> that's, I mean, trampolines are already a health and safety nightmare and barbecues are potentially dangerous. So you're consolidating all your health and safety nightmares into one manageable health and safety <laughs> nightmare, though, aren't you? She's also come back and said that uh, yesterday, when they got the barbecue out in, in the extreme heat, they found bits of old sausage from last summer. I would say don't go Ooh. round to Bolly's for a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> but what a great name, Bolly. We're all going around to Bolly's. Yeah. Oh, Bolly. Go on, go on, Bolly. Bolly does a great yeah. party. You might not survive, but you'll have a, you'll have a laugh. Yeah, you get set on fire on the trampoline and they'll feed you last year's sausages, but apart from that, it's great. <laughs> I mean, I would... Would you be tempted to have a little nibble on last year's sausage? Absolutely not. Why would you See, do that? I kind of... Because... Why would you do that, Matt? Well, because it's cooked through. Part of me would think, oh, just out of curiosity. No, no, no. Why? <laughs> you just... <laughs> okay, That's how like putting long... your hand into the barbecue. Like, oh, just out of curiosity, I'll... Let's see if this hurts. <laughs> okay. Well, here's a question for you. How long after cooking a sausage on a barbecue is it okay to eat it? Maximum. I mean, I don't know, a couple of hours? I wouldn't even eat it the next day. Oh, it's great the next day. Oh, Oh, it's no. lovely the next day, yeah. With Just cold out the fridge with a bit of... I suppose, yeah, maybe a cold sausage sandwich. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But, I mean, I just... I, there's a lot of risk going on, isn't there? Oh, yes. Oh, God. Oh, of course, we're on the radio. I should make it absolutely fire. clear. Do not eat meat after a couple of... I don't know what the rules are. Just stick to whatever the rules are on the packet. I'm, I, encouraging I'm confident the rules are don't eat last year's sausage. <laughs> yeah, I think it says that on the packet. Which, which you just encouraged. You said <laughs> I, my curiosity would get the better of me and I'd have a nibble. <laughs> I mean, it sounds a lot worse than it. <laughs> so many innuendos here we have both rightfully stayed away from. Of but, course. Um, I mean, we are talking about barbecue nightmares, but what is your opinion on the, the maximum amount of time after having cooked the food on the barbecue you can eat it? By all means, do let us know. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson.
Matt Ford and Kerry Godleyman on rock and roll football, sort of rock and roll football on Absolute Radio. Rangers beat Aberdeen in the first game in the Scottish Premiership season earlier today and Dundee United are beating St Johnson 1-0, Hibernian are beating Kilmarnock 1-0 and St Mirren Livingston is 0-0. Lots of early goals in Scotland today. We're asking you for your barbecue nightmares. Keep texting us 8 12 15. Um, we've had someone here says Barbie Nightmare, which um, makes him sound Australian or uh, unlucky plays like playing with girls' toys. Um, but he says, <laughs> Me and my mate took charge of cooking at a push penthouse in London. A hundred quid's worth of food was on the grill when we decided to open a canopy above the window where we'd sighted the Barbie. As the canopy opened, gallons of stagnant water cascaded onto us both and instantly doused the fire, soaking the food. Day ruined. And I didn't get a girlfriend either. So it sounded like he was cooking in this posh penthouse with the hope of attracting a, a female mate. And, I mean, the smell of stagnant water. Possibly the oh, least God. enamoring odour there is. Definitely. That sort of damp washing smell, that'll put you off someone, won't it? <sighs> Where it smells You slightly. sound like that's something... <laughs> you had a memory of then. We. <sighs> Well, yeah, because you know what, it is a horror. When you, it's, you know what, it's the worst thing is when you notice it on yourself, and it doesn't happen a lot it's for me. But horrible. Occasionally, you go, oh, I've got bo. Oh, yeah, this is awful. horrible. No, the damp. Even you, bo, oh. I can sort of live with. It's the damp. It's the damp clothes, damp washing smell. You won't shift it. You have got to put it back in the wash. You won't shift it. Well, not yes, with that's links. Right. Not with anything. <laughs> but you, that's the thing. Once once you've left it in the washer for too long and haven't taken it out, yeah. you just have to start yeah. it again with new yeah, detergent. Yeah, just put it on again. Yeah. And fabric softener and Calgon. I feel really... You know, the, one of the things that made me realise I was an adult was when I started buying Calgon to look after the washing machine. Do you do that? <laughs> I don't think I do. I, maybe I've, Maybe that's a failing on my part. I don't think I do get Calgon. What does it do? Well, washing machines live longer with it. So it it's prevents lime scale. But you know what it was? It was literally, that's the, the success of the jingle. I was taking out some washing out of the washing machine. I was thinking, <laughs> I hope it doesn't break. And then the jingle came into my mind. Washing oh, machines well. live longer with Calgon. I was like, well, I'll just have to get some Calgon. There you go. <laughs> wow. I mean, they've been given an incredible endorsement there. Not that they'll want me on the packet. But in terms of <laughs> UK radio airtime, I'm going to have to stop. Although I've never used it and never had any problems and have had a long living washing machine. So I'll counter that in the, you know, in the spirit of balance, you don't need it. You don't need it. But aren't you like the person who says, oh, my grandma smoked till she was 99. (laughs) Isn't it it better to, I mean, obviously I wish your washing machine well, you know, I I, I don't want it to. I I thought you meant Gaviston. I was like, that's, that's something else, doesn't it? Gavis comes from them, Harper. I wasn't right. It. Got it. Got it. Don't put that in the washing machine. <laughs> got it. Keith Sexton. It's all these brand names. <gasps> Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Matt Ford and Kerry Godleyman on Absolute Radio. An incredible story. We were talking about Australian blokes earlier. In Australia, this week, two emus have been barred from an Australian pub for um, defecating in the bar area. And the owner, Gary Gimlet, 
was interviewed in The Guardian. He said they'd been stealing things from the guests, especially their food. They'd stick their heads in and pinch toast out of the toaster. But the main reason we banned them is their droppings. They're enormous, very large and very smelly. And they've created great stains. I mean, this... The two memes, by the way, called Kevin and Carol. Kevin and Carol. I love that. I'd love to read the TripAdvisor reviews of that restaurant. We'll not be going back. Covered in emu droppings. I don't understand. He said to keep them out, he put a a rope across the door because it sort of slightly foxes them and they can't get over or under it. But they were managing to nick toast out of a toaster. So if they can navigate a toaster, Uh, they should surely get around a bit of rope. Yeah, I've read that. They just kept them out so they didn't put they didn't like barricade them out. They're just almost no, like a, they just said, the rope of a VIP area. Yeah, VIP. And they're not VIPs, are they, emus? The names weren't down, they weren't allowed in. Um Fox News covered Kevin it in America. <laughs> it's quite a big um big story in America, Fox News. It was only you know, I read in the article Fox News had covered it. I've got so conditioned to just hearing Fox News, you forget that a fox is an animal. Do you know what I mean? When you hear Fox News, I don't think, oh, I don't think of an actual fox, but you're like, you don't think if there's I was some a newsreader, news yeah, if I was a newsreader on Fox News, I would occasionally give some actual Fox News. I'd say, good morning, this is Fox News, our top story tonight, new research reveals how to break into a chicken coop, and then just get on with the normal <laughs> news, just, just in case. Maybe that's why they don't call and offer you the gig, because they just know that's... That, that's what you do. I wouldn't take it seriously. I mean, no other yeah. animal gets their news, do they? You don't have good morning, this is rat news. There's <laughs> only foxes that have been bestowed this honour. Maybe when they get that job, those broadcasters, they have to sign a contract saying, do not put in little fox anecdotes to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> you are contractually obligated to not refer to fox news about foxes unless there's some actual news about foxes. Yeah. I mean, two emus pooing on the floor what would the i mean that's very australian isn't it that feels like an australian setting well yeah because they're emus you know they're an exotic animal in an exotic (laughs) country what would the british equivalent be just a a bulldog a fox yeah of course of course it would an urban of course an urban fox defecating in a weatherspoon of course it would and then it'd be covered on emu news in australia you're listening to the rock and roll football podcast few goals in Scotland. It's still 1-0 to Dundee United over St. Johnson. Hibernian are now 2-0 up at home to Kilmarnock and St. Mirren scoring uh, a goal just before half-time. 1-0 to St. Mirren over Livingston. Now, we have been talking about your barbecue nightmares. Offhand mentioned, if you'd had any washing machine nightmares, to text them 8-12-15. And incredibly, Kerry, we've had one. One has come in. Uh, someone sent in this one. They were living on a French ski resort and they're, they're, them and their mate went to the laundromat for the first time, loaded two machines with plenty of soap and then they decided to go for a beer. An hour later, they were walking back to the shop along a trail of soap bubbles that filled half the street and they said, oh, oh look, some idiots overfilled their machine. Got to the shop and the bubbles were halfway up the door and they had to wade waist, waist deep in suds <laughs> to find that it was them that had flooded the oh. uh, laundromat and flooded the street knee deep with soap. You know so what? I mean, that's proper... bad enough anyway. I would be petrified of having done that abroad. Yeah. Yeah. On a French ski resort, people are quite, <sighs> um, you know, it's, it's not the people that make those sort of mistakes, is it? It's quite posh. But how does the machine even function? I thought they couldn't work if the door was 
open? Well, then you're getting into, you know, proper uh, washing machine mechanics. And I just told you I put Gaviscon in mine, so <laughs> you are asking the wrong person. I mean, we laugh about you putting Gaviscon in your washing machine, but has that washing machine ever had heartburn? Ne never let me down. Never let me down. Never complained. Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. The observant among us will occasionally find stuff in the street, maybe a fiver or a tenner. That's why you've got to keep your eyes peeled, because the money out there you might find. A farmer found something quite different. He found a skydiver's leg in his field. Um, it, it, was a, it was a prosthetic leg, so it's not too bad. But still, um, this guy called Chris Marks um, did a skydive in Vermont with his prosthetic leg on. It came off. I shouldn't laugh at it. It came off during the, during the skydive. And then he lost it somewhere. So he goes on Facebook and eventually this farmer finds it in his field. Now, I mean, I, the first thing I thought of this, Kerry, was I presumed you had to take prosthetic legs off before a skydive. I took my trainers off when I went on Nemesis. Like, <laughs> this feels like something that shouldn't happen. I love it. I love this story. He was. He said he didn't even notice. He was, he was, he, he was having so much adrenaline that he didn't even notice that it had come off. And then this farmer found it in a soybean field. But then you—that's quite something, isn't it? But if you've got a prosthetic leg and it comes off and then you land, you're stuck. I mean, it's—it's it's horrific, really. Obviously, someone's been able to pick him up and give him a lift and everything. But this story could have been a lot worse than it is. Oh, it's got a lovely ending because he tried to give him a reward because when the farmer got in touch and said, I've got your leg and he was like, great. And then they met up and he tried to give him a reward and the farmer didn't want it. And they had an argument. I love those arguments. And uh, and then finally they agreed that um, Chris would pay for the farmer to do a skydiving jump. That's the reward. So they're going to jump together now. Oh, isn't that lovely? lovely ending? Um, it's a lovely ending, do, just to think of them arm in arm coming through the sky, holding on to his legs to make sure they don't fall off another oh, time. Yeah. But, Hopefully his arms aren't but, prosthetic as well. The farmer said he's found loads of things in his field. Like well, that's skydivers it. just drop stuff. People find all sorts. So do text us on 81215. What's the weirdest thing you've ever found? Um, and let us know where you found it. Have you ever found anything strange, Kerry? No, I found bits of money. And I'm always slightly troubled if you see, like, one shoe when you think yeah. oh where's the other shoe what's the backstory there but i don't pick them up and take them home or anything no but no have you yeah i once found a bag full and this was a bin bag full of you know the stuff that's in drifter chocolate bars just the caramel and the wafer without the yeah. chocolate a bin bag what? full of just that not even in a packet it was just a bin bag full of wafer and caramel it wasn't out the back of a chocolate factory or something there was a like room that. at the there was a, not a room there was a house at the top of our street where i grew up that just the guy always had he had a waterbed just I always had weird stuff and it was just <laughs> he had this bag there was just outside his house one day it was this bag i mean I, it, we ate it and it was fine yeah yeah i mean why there was you something eat else it? i've just thought of something else i'll tell you what I'll, I'll tell you it after four o'clock because it's it's rude so i'll have to edit it but it was Is that a watershed now, four o'clock? <laughs> yeah, well, it's just... <laughs> I'll tell you after four o'clock. Four's fine, isn't it? The kids will be asleep by four. Um, but Texas on 8, 12, 15, the weirdest thing you've ever found. This thing that I found... Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. 
So I grew up on a terrace street, and, and the backyards were all connected to each other. So the, the front of the house was yeah. out into the street, and then out the back was just a concrete yard with a kind of waist-high wall dividing our yard from the next neighbour's yard. It was a bit like Coronation Street, but with yes. shorter walls so that you could see right over. And at number one, the guy living there yeah. moved out, and he left in his back garden boxes and boxes, like reams of army magazines. So he moves out. There's just all these army magazines about, like, guns and tanks. I was about nine years old. All the lads in the neighbourhood are like, oh, my God, there's all these army mags. So we just harvest these mags. Now, it became clear, once we removed the top three or four magazines from these boxes, they weren't the only magazines that had been stockpiling. Right. Under, oh, yes, you can sort of see what's going underneath yes. were kind of special interest adult magazines. Now, yeah, this went niche. to the next level. So I was like, I was just horrified. I was scared as a kid. I was like, oh, my God, nine. Do you know what I mean? It's too early to yeah, see yeah. stuff like that. Some of the other boys, some of the older boys were like very eager to see this stuff. So they're just tearing at these magazines. And there's literally, <laughs> and I'm sure I remember this right, hundreds. Like he'd kept them in the way that people keep football programmes or like old tickets like they were pristine what i then remember was an appalling weather front blew in so then <laughs> the wind caught hold of all this stuff oh my goodness and it was literally it like all around the street up the street like people were opening <laughs> their front doors and it was hitting them in the face like it was, <laughs> it, was like, it was just swirling for literally months afterwards, people would just find oh it. Gosh. It'd be like stuck in the drain or like on people's windscreen wipers and that things. That is brilliant. That's hilarious. The whole These street scenes was... from your youth are like cartoons. This in the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> the wild the barbecue. Things, they're the only two things that to me. Yeah. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. <laughs> the things that people have found. I thought mine was bad enough. This, keep texting us on 81215. This is a gold mine. Dave in Hillhead. Now, this is an incredible thing to find. He said, while renovating my new house, I found a medal commemorating 25 years membership of the Nazi party. It was issued in 1945. I mean, I, I guess when he was viewing the house, they didn't tell him that about the previous owners. No, that wouldn't be a big selling point. Yeah, lovely couple, pillar of the community, members of the Nazi party, but, uh, you know, it is price to sell. God, what a find. I mean, that would chill you, wouldn't it? I, what, I mean, what do you do with that? You can't... If you sell it, you look suspect. Couldn't you just all give it to a museum or something? Wouldn't there be somewhere to... Yeah, but wouldn't they... Question, you turn up with, a, with that and people are going to go, oh, how did you get it? You got it was in my house. All right. Oh, yeah. Keep a lot of that sort of thing in the house, do you? <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, You're not going to keep it, though, are you? No, although, I mean, I, I don't really want to... <laughs> I'm not going to open the discussion up. If anyone knows what to do with Nazi war memorabilia, do let us know. <laughs> um, but don't, seriously. Just let us know. Text us on 81215. The weirdest and most wonderful find. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. We've been asking you for the most incredible things, the surprising finds and where you found them. And Jack from Dis has been in touch, Kerry. 
This is quite a find. He said he did his high school work experience at a Bernardo's charity shop and one of the jobs was sorting donations and when he was going through a, a deceased, very elderly gentleman's suit jacket, in the inner pocket he found a well-used copy of uh, the pocket Karma Sutra. <laughs> I love the fact he put well in, in capital letters. He put well and well. it's like, oh, I just think all the pages were maybe a little bit stuck together. Oh, I didn't realise there was a. I didn't realise there was a pocket version. I didn't realise there was a travel version of the Karma Sutra. Yeah. Well, this is pre-internet, isn't it? Because this, I mean, this is a bloke who hasn't got a smartphone. All of that is available at the a click of a few buttons now. But I suppose there was a time when you need you need your little pocket Karma Sutra. You never but know when you're going to get caught the... short, do you? <laughs> Tuck it in next to your pocket A to Z. But well, that's it. I mean, it's more of I've never read it. I don't know if you have, but it's um, it's more of a guide, isn't it, rather than like. Is it just picture? You, know. you don't read it. It's just a uh, oh, that goes there, and I could put that round there. <laughs> it's like a game of Twister. <laughs> yes, exactly that. It's exotic Twister. It, it's, it's a sort of glorified IKEA manual, isn't it? It's kind of <laughs> just uh, you know, it's that because they're you know. I'm not yeah. sure I've We've got never that seen bit. Bits of, no. <laughs> you see the old picture, you're like, but that goes, where? How would you get that there? How? And just like a trip to Ikea, ends with meatballs. You're listening to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. We've had a great story coming here. This is exactly the sort of story that I love. This is like something out of a Roald Dahl or an Enid Blyton book. When I was a kid, 11, 12 years old, I've got to say it wasn't found. We broke into the barrel store at a local cricket club in the early 80s. For two and three days, the village kids were walking around with jugs and even buckets of best bitter. We got caught, but man, was it worth it. Oh, yes. Oh, I love that. 12-year-old boys drinking gallons of beer. It's a, that, they're the good old days, aren't they? That's a great story. You're right, it is like a rock doll. Brilliant, but you know what? Those sto- <laughs> those stories are only funny in retrospect. At the time, those boys' parents will have gone ballistic. Oh, like that would if have I been found the my end kids, of days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I, I wouldn't find it charming if if my ten or eleven year old came home drunk on beer that they'd found in a cricket club, <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, "What? You broke in and you're drinking <laughs> at twelve? Do you want to go off the rails?" <laughs> Yeah, and then obviously there'll come a point where one Christmas the parents will go, oh, God, do you remember that year you broke into the cricket club and stole a load of beer? And then we told like it was some sort of like wholesome church fate event. Yeah, yeah, definitely. With these, uh, these sort of nostalgic stories, you always need a bit of time, don't you, to make it seem innocent. But at the time, I'm sure that the parents... Yeah, what is the... I suppose it's... Well, you're an adult, isn't it? You have to be well out of your 20s. I think basically if it happened... It, at school age, you have to wait till your 30s till it's kind of okay to talk about it and, yeah. and that you haven't gone off the rails. You, can't, you know, if they actually <laughs> do end up in prison, you can't turn up and go, if you haven't have raided that cricket club. You can't have it hanging over you for like two decades. No. Oh, man. I think I'm in I mean, denial about the things that at 12... Because I've got a 13-year-old child and I, I think I'm in denial about things that go on between 12 and 13-year-olds. I just how, how block it out. Well, just like, yeah, kids do drink and they sort of experiment with things like that. And I just think I just don't want to know what goes on when they're out and about. I just don't want I just don't want to know. I think it's best if parents don't know. If your kid's you, drunk you... on the local bitter. 
I mean, the local bit, it just sounds so... I mean, obviously, the cricket club would have been like, we've had a break in. This is... At the yeah. time, it would have been the most serious thing. But now you just think, oh. Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. So I was looking into getting some Apple AirPods. They are very expensive, so I didn't. Um, but Kylie and Kendall Jenner. I mean, I'm not... I don't actually know who Kylie and Kendall Jenner are. I don't know if you do. I've heard of... I sort of do. I don't properly engage with it, but I have a sense of who they are. Aren't they Kardashian-related? I think they are, yeah. But I don't know whether they're yeah. like sisters of the Kardashians or cousins or whatever. But um, they've, Okay. They're, they're social media influencers, which is a world yes. in itself which seems insane to me. But yeah. they've been using their platform to endorse knockoff products. So the, the AirPods they've been endorsing aren't genuine Apple, they're imitation. So there's been a lot of fuss of this. It was written up on the BBC, BBC website. The pair of them together have a combined following on Instagram of over 300 million followers. Wow. And they're basically using it to flog hooky gear to them. It's incredible. Do you think they need the extra income? Well, well, well I, I, I don't know. I don't know. How do you make money as an influencer? You're basically just an You're advertising board. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't the knockoff uh, pod people be giving them some money? I don't know. So, um, I mean, the danger with anything knockoff, like, it's like stuff you get on the market. It might be a fire hazard or something. You'd have to be so careful yeah. about promoting stuff. I'd love it if but they think... had to sell it down the market. That'd be great. Down the back of a van, get their Jenners. <laughs> get your iPod, get your iPods. Free for two pound. That'd be great. <laughs> Look at that, darling. Just as good as the real thing, that. Fraction of the price as well. Pack out. There you go. You know it makes sense. I mean, if you were an influencer, what would what what products would you endorse, Kerry? What would be most on brand for you? Um, at the moment, I would endorse sourdough starter. That's my that's my little mm. a passion. It's my passion. It's my lockdown passion. I've got my sourdough down now. So when you say sourdough starter, you don't mean that's something you're having before a main meal. No, you got to make your little thing, your little yeasty, living, smelly thing. You make it yourself and it takes right. a couple of weeks and it all goes smelly and horrible. And then you yeah. use that to make your bread. And then you become really boring and you talk <laughs> about it. Are you good at it? Are you good at it? I've got, I wouldn't say I was an expert. I feel very humble. There are people that are better at it than me. But my starter is looking great. So, yeah, I'd and endorse that. And can anyone do it? What do you need? Just yeast and water? I didn't even have a yeast. I didn't have a yeast, Matt. I just had flour and water and you... Uh, do you want me to go into this, really? You're going to regret yeah. it. You'll be like, OK, Kel, just stand down. Um, and, you have, and you have to sort of take a bit out every day and put a bit more in until it goes live and then it becomes like a, a live yeast. So, yeah, it's right. literally flour and water and then it goes all bubbly and... You've got to keep it alive as well. It's like those Tamagotchi things. It can just, if you don't sort of feed it, it, it will die. And then you can't use it to bake. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole I, world. I, I mean, I'm sort of aware that people do it, but I've, I've, I just will never, I mean, you can get a, you can get a loaf of Ovis for about a quid. I know. I know. Of course you can. It isn't about like saving money. It's just a thing to do to make your own bread. In lockdown, I got into all that stuff. I grew loads of vegetables. I took up embroidery. I don't know who I am anymore. Wow. What have you grown? I've grown chard, courgettes. What's chard? Looking... It's that kind big of like building a spinachy. in London? <laughs> yeah, I grew a chard. 
I've, I've had a lovely lockdown. I'm, I'm like a retired woman pottering around I'd, the garden. Um, I think I'd endorse either Holston Pills, which has been a, a lager I've really got into. It's so cheap, but it's delicious. Or I thought about this, actually. I think the Steak Bake from Greg's, I, and I think that would suit my kind of look. I think yeah, I look I like the see. bloke who eats a pasty. I can see, yeah, I can see that they're two good, solid brands for you to maybe get behind. And the pasty... You... Go on. No, I just think if why would the Jenners or you could get a lookalike, couldn't you get a lookalike to endorse counterfeit goods, and then, it's oh, yeah, no, then there's no conceit. Then it's a knock-off. Like a knocked-off knock Jenner, a knocked-off <laughs> Jenner endorsing a knocked-off iPod. That is such a good idea. Uh, I'm going to stick steak bake though because I, th- I think it suits me, and um, just in number, you know, I'm quite meaty on the inside, and because I've got quite eczema, I, I am. Flaky on the exterior. Oh, Matt, this is, you're not selling this, mate. I mean, there's a piece of imagery. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Some final scores for you in Scotland. Kickoff was Dundee Nil Rangers 1, Dundee United 1, St Johnston 1, Hibernian 2, Kilmarnock 1, St Mirren 1, Livingston 0. Great to see the Scottish season back up and running. And we have had late information in on one of our earlier stories, Kerry Godleyman. Yes, uh, the cricket club Bitter Drinkers, the uh, juvenile delinquents, they said they actually rolled this barrel across a field. And in, in his dad's wisdom, oh. he made them drink three bottles of homebrew. And then he's put good old days, good old days, when your dad forced you to drink three bottles of beer. God, so he's I love the vision pre- of them rolling it across the field. That's brilliant. He's so wholesome. But is he... Presumably, the dads made them drink it as a punishment. Oh, what like when people make you smoke a whole packet of fags to give up smoking or something? Yeah, it must be that rather than a reward. Unless the dad, well, you, you got well, it maybe. across the field, so you might as well enjoy it. Yeah, let's all drink three bottles each together. Don't know. It doesn't say it's I mean, a punishment. I mean, in a way, if you were a dad, you'd, you'd be an element of you slightly proud. You'd be like, the lads have brought me an entire keg. Of beer. I mean, we're going to have to share it yeah. with them. It might be misplaced, yeah. but what a wonderful thing. Um, Kerry, that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you so much for doing it with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's flown by. You're listening to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Well, there you go. That was the podcast of this week's show. Kerry, it was such a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much for doing it. Oh, thank you for asking me. I had a lot of fun. Um, so, I mean, we can all go on and get on with our lives now. We'll be back next week. Um, I mean, who? The, this is the thing now. God knows what's going to happen in the coming weeks. After after the stories we've had today, if it keeps no. getting worse, <laughs> I'm slightly worried about what we're going to hear yeah, about no, next week. I'm worried we've peaked t- too soon. I'm, I'm doing a few of these. Now, how are you going to top these barbecue stories? <laughs> we're just going to have to think of something. We're going to have to think of something really extreme. I suppose... <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think of what would be a more... I suppose the barbecue stories, I just thought... I suppose barbecues involve fire, don't they? So that was always going to be... Yeah. Paddling pools, more summer-themed garden disasters. Paddling pools, sprinklers, water-based. People could drown, yeah. We'll just get a load of drowning stories. We don't want to go... You know that you won't get drowning stories from a sprinkler. (laughs) Okay, maybe not. Have you ever... I love a sprinkler. Have you got one? I love a sprinkler. Yeah, love it. Oh, you know, one of the joys of life having a sprinkler. Absolutely. Lots Do you of like jump sprinkler. over it and stuff? 
Yeah, jump over it, change the set, like get your kids to jump over it and then quickly turn it up. Put it low <laughs> and then go, go on. <laughs> and then just turn it oh. up just as they go over. They're like, oh, mum. Hours of pleasure. That is the positive <laughs> um, story and image we needed to end this week's podcast on. Uh, we'll be back next week. Kerry, we'll see you soon. I'll see you very soon. Rock and roll football. Podcast done.